Okay, so we're gonna get into it. Radio Live in 4K. Fair use. Well, I mean, you got chicken fingers, you got, you got all the whole deal. I want the root of making sure I had the hamburger. So tell me about you guys. What you doing these days? Why don't you share about your passion of sports? I'm playing AAU basketball right now. Are you really? Are you guard? Yes, sir. This is sad because these kids, they don't have a choice. Imagine if they had their own mind and acts like, so um, what are you going to do for reparations for black people? What's your plan for black people for reparations? Actual tangibles. What's your plan, Mr. Biden? And unfortunately, the father, the black father, would probably be like wanting to smack his kids through a wall because he's trying to get paid. See, this is the problem. All right. When black Americans cry about white supremacy, but you're not willing to put your foot down and demand that there's something in it for you, then you lose. Black people have laws. Well, what about we're not talking about the Republicans right now? Okay, we're talking about the Democrats. You want to be on this plantation, and they want to say all lives matter. Then you make it. Then you make them prove it to you that the Democratic Party is better than the Republican Party. Give us tangible reparations. Give us an anti-hate crime bill. Like you got the Asians got it. The Jews got it. Give us that, Mr. Biden. And I just like to say, I feel sorry for the young blacks who are in households like this, who have a brain, who, who are aware about what's going on with society and understand that you, you have African-Americans who are complicit with white supremacy, who if you give them a couple of dead presidents on green paper and some coin, that they're complicit with white supremacy. And sad to say, I feel sorry that you might have, <clears throat> excuse me, fathers or mothers who will talk a big, tough game about, you know, white supremacy. But when it comes to it, when that political slave master wants to give you some money, she, he or she will just drop down and bow down to them. Okay? Don't mean like he or she. I'm not talking about the Transformers. I'm talking about, you know, black single moms who will talk a big game. And when it comes down politically, they'll go vote for Biden. 
I feel sorry for those young black boys who have a brain. Basically, you're the you're the um you're the Huey in your family. You're basically living a boondocks episode where everybody's gonna tell you to shut up because you're the you're the real honest one here and you're willing to have integrity while everybody else is just willing to talk a big game. All right. And that's the thing, too. If there was real black freedom fighters. Not engineered by communism, I think sometimes even you would have. Blacks that would try to take them out because now you're telling us we don't have excuses. We got to be accountable for our actions. Now. We can't act a fool anymore. And they would probably join up with white supremacy and have you taken out because you actually stand on business. Now, what grade are you in? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Right now I'm just basketball, playing guard on the JV team for my school. All right, about the school? How are y'all doing in school? You should tell the president about the school. Favorite thing about it is the business academy I'm in. You get to like travel. So we've been to like NC State, uh, Wake Tech, and we, we, yeah, we went to this small dry cleaning business. And it's just, it's cool. It's a great experience. Well, that impressive. Is that a new program at the school? Yes, sir, it is. It just started just a couple of years ago. You know how much this guy loves you. Yeah. You just feel it, can't you? Yes, yeah. Can't even ask. Well, uh, Mr. Biden, what about the, uh, uh, I can't even talk about that one. Because if that, because <laughs> if a black kid wanted to go full Huey, full Huey, and be like, ask about that, this guy will pull a grandpa and just hush up, boy. Don't you be using your brain on Mr. Biden. Don't you be trying to talk, have him hold some, you know, don't try to hold him accountable. Leave that to spineless old meat. Like I said, it, this is a war. This is a literal war. Okay? FBA want to try and be proud and beat their chest. Until I see you want to hold the president of the United States accountable, get in his face, and say, what about reparations? Okay? What about Rasheem Carter, who tried to find safety when a white mob racist white mob not really a bunch of big you know a bunch of white dudes but it was a small amount good enough of his co-workers that were trying to come and get him he went to a police he went to a sheriff station police station and the sheriff kicked him out never seen again next thing you know you find out they found pieces of rasheem carter talk about you know bring that up hmm bring that up When are we going to have that, Mr. President, if you want our vote? And have that drawn up in a contract. That's what I'm saying, man. That's that's what I'm saying. Everybody want to go hard against Trump, go hard against the Republicans. All right. 
and they're evil. But when it comes to the blacks on the left side, disobedient little slaves. Dad jump in front of a bull for you. Just want to be smiling in front of the president. Just had that time that I was I met the president, but I didn't hold him accountable for the things he was doing wrong. I just met him. And, and that's what they want. That is what they want. All right. Let's talk about uh, a woman who has learned the hard way that you do not date someone who is not only married, but has no experience in prosecuting high profile clients. Let's talk about that person right now, Miss Fanny Willis. It just keeps getting worse for Fonnie Willis, the Georgia DA. She made a combative appearance in court yesterday along with her lover, Nathan Wade. Willis repeatedly called allegations that she and Wade had slept together the first time they met lies and accused attorney Ashley Merchant of intruding on her personal life. Here's some of that. Um, did you listen to any arguments? I did hear the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that the, you lied on Monday and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um, right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. When the state was well, it's able to highly offensive when someone lies on you, and it's highly offensive when they she try touched. to implicate that you slept with somebody the first day you met with them, and I take exception to it. All right, well, also of note, Willis seemingly admitted to campaign finance violations by acknowledging that she pocketed money from her first campaign. Watch. My whole life, when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much to It only got better from there. Later in her testimony, Willis misheard a male attorney and accused him of calling her a whore. Take a listen. I didn't ask you that. I was going to ask you that. 4000 is part of your, my words, cash hoard that you had collected over time. Cash what? Hoard, H-O-R-D-E. Well, I thought you said something different, sir. No, I'm afraid I wouldn't say that. Uh -oh. Any circumstances. To you or in All right, back on track. The horde, cash hoard. Willis and Wade testified that their relationship began in 2022, though a close personal friend of Willis testified that they began seeing each other romantically in 2019. Per the Hill, Robin Yerty, who met Willis in college, testified Thursday that the district attorney began a romantic relationship with Wade in 2019, shortly after a municipal court conference and three years prior to when the prosecutors said they began dating. Quote, you have no doubt that their romantic relationship was in effect from 2019 until the last time you spoke with her. Merch Merchant Act, sorry, Merchant asked Yurdy. No doubt, Yurdy replied. So I, I don't know what to make of what's going on here. If it's true that their relationship began in 2022, obviously 
that's after the DA's office began handling this case. If it began in 2019, that's even before 2020, even before the facts of the case unfolded. So it seems to me that they could have corroborated their stories, though it doesn't seem that they're that close anymore. Yeah, exactly. So uh, one of the biggest problems is that Nathan Wade uh, seemingly lied about the date that they started seeing each other in those divorce proceedings with his wife and, and several times throughout the past few months has amended the statements that he made under oath, um, which is a huge problem because, of course, they want to give the perception that they didn't start dating until 2022 because it helps tamp down the appearance that she hired him solely because he was her romantic partner, despite the fact that he did not have really the necessary qualifications or experience in order to handle this massive RICO case against the former president. Now, the other problem here as well, in in addition to the perception of there being a corrupt aspect to this, is that if they lied under oath repeatedly, they, as lawyers, as attorneys, ethically, cannot sit there and make false statements while they are prosecuting a case where several of the defendants are also accused of making false statements. Now, I don't know why she decided to testify. I don't know why her lawyer didn't do a better job of- I would have not have testified. She's a lawyer. She should know better, especially when there's so much damning evidence towards her do not test do not put your mouth out there get somebody that can that is experienced that could deal with these matters you sit there and if you you only go up on the stand if you actually have to okay over if you 100 percent the re it's valid that you have to be on the stand other than that keep your mouth shut and just you know let it play out it's just, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, what is it with some, with, you know, high profile, sophisticated, edu highly educated black women dealing with men that are below their pay grade and are bums? I don't get it preparing her for this or why she herself who was the one of the top lawyers in the entire state of Georgia was not better prepared for this but any lawyer knows going into a situation like this that you are supposed to answer the question in as few words as possible and nothing else and I don't know if she thought that she was smarter than the other attorneys there or she could somehow wiggle her way out of this conundrum that she's found herself in but she continued to ex over explain and take issue with minor details that were really not central to the point that the lawyers were making and I think in general if you're explaining you're losing and she ended up offering up so more incriminating information than the lawyers were even asking about. This was an absolute disaster. Again, I don't know who thought it was a good idea for her to go through with this. Maybe she was just angry. Yeah, I mean, who thought this was a good idea? Really, who thought this was a good idea to do this? Because you're. this is a game, and for her... She has a lot to lose. I think that's bad. It gets even worse when a boyfriend takes the stand. Fair use.
in August 2023 and paid for a cabin in Tennessee. That's when you paid for it. I don't know when the trip was. Can you tell us about that? August of 2023. Mm -hmm. You booked a trip for $1,481.54. Are you, are you asking me, did I take that trip with Miss Willis? Or are you asking me? First, I was just asking you to acknowledge that that is correct from the records, that you oh. paid for a cabin in Tennessee. Do you recall, and hopefully you can do it from your memory. Do you recall paying for a cabin six months ago, $1,481.81 in Tennessee? Where, 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 where are we now? What page is that? I'm just asking from your memory. Do you remember paying for a cabin in August? Not if the, if somebody asked about a particular transaction. You can, you can answer whether he remembers or not. <coughs> I don't Mr. Wade, I'm, I'm not asking you to go through a thousand pages of records. I'm asking if you remember paying for a cabin six months ago in Tennessee. No. You remember booking a cabin? I booked lots of cabins. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever. Ever. This is one simple yes or no question. And I bet right now she's regretting getting associated with this guy because, once again, this guy has no legal experience handling high-profile cases. And you chose this man, a man who is married, going through a divorce. This was a bad decision, period. Stevie Wonder could see this was a bad decision. You literally have to think about it. Fit, you literally had to think about that. You've never gone to a cabin with this Willis? No. Um, have you ever gone to Tennessee with Miss Willis? Yes. Okay. When was that? That was around 2022. Early 2022. Early 2022. Okay. It was a, it was a, a, a day trip. Um, okay. So you didn't spend the night. So it was a day trip. Okay. We would drive there, have lunch, drive back. Um, the reason we would do that is because the attention she couldn't get any peace of mind going locally so we'd get in my car and, and drive to someplace off the beach path and have lunch and drive back is that when you went to feigning goat with her it's in jasper georgia no that's that's in georgia i don't i don't i don't recall going to feigning goat with her so the Tennessee day, trip, day trips were not, were only Tennessee. Yeah, man, that that, that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. 
Oh man. Oh, it's just, uh, I bet you, I bet you she's banging her head on that desk, either right there or at home. She's just banging her head because this decision she made is really just biting her in the butt. Because you cannot, you know, you can't take a dump where you eat. You can't do that. Old school phrase, but it makes perfect sense, regardless of the era, because this happens. Let's talk about the cartel thinking twice about going over the Texas border right now. Fair use. On social media today, cartels are learning not to mess with Texas amid Operation Lone Star, highlighting some numbers showing a drop in the number of migrant encounters in Texas, while there's an increase in parts of Arizona and California. Joining us now is our very own Ryan Chandler to give us a little insight. Okay, so you are going to break down the numbers. What are we seeing? We're seeing dramatic decreases across the board. When you compare December to January, we saw about 300,000 migrant encounters in December. That dropped to just 176 in January. Mm. So numbers down across every state, but especially in Texas. There's really eye-popping numbers in the Del Rio sector. That's what you're looking at right there. This is the Eagle Pass area that has become the center of Operation Lone Star. And we see that in December, Eagle Pass uh, Border Patrol agents were encountering about 2,300 migrants a day. Mm -hmm. Last month, that was down to just as low as 200 sometimes. Mm -hmm. El Paso is also down 51% in the last three months of last year compared to the same period in 2022. Laredo's down 42%, RGV down 18%. Meanwhile, we're seeing that all those people are going to Arizona and California. We see huge spikes there. They're shouldering about 60% of the migrant encounters nowadays. Okay, so after seeing record migration though, Ryan, why are we seeing this steep drop? Well, Governor Abbott credits it to Operation Lone Star. He will characterize this as cartels not wanting to come to the increased enforcement that we have on our Texas borders. Other officials will give you different answers. And to be sure, it's very difficult to put one explanation to these very complex migration mm. trends. It could be seasonal. The White House actually points to progress they made with the Mexican government. After a December meeting, they got Mexico to increase their own enforcement and they're actually making it harder for migrants to travel through Mexico to the U.S. border. So the likely truth is somewhere in the middle. It's a combination of a bunch of factors and these things go up and down. I'm sure we'll see them go up again sometime soon. Too. Okay, so even with migration down, we know the politics really surrounding the border. As you know, you've covered extensively. It's really heating up. Yeah. So another major battle with the federal government is happening this week. We're seeing another court showdown between Texas and the United States in court uh, this Thursday over Senate Bill 4. That's the novel new law that gives Texas broad authority to enforce federal immigration law on our own. This is very controversial because federal immigration law is just that, federal law and state troopers, local police have no right or, or, or business to enforce it themselves. That's what the, the federal government is arguing. But this would give Texas troopers the ability to arrest and effectively deport any migrants that come into Texas without having to deal with. Well, 
hopefully that will pass through. Hopefully that will pass through. But knowing how things are going, I'm ho- I won't hold my breath. Definitely won't. All right. But let's get into more information about the migrants going on. Uh, what's going on with the um, migrant centers? I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's uh, let's get into that. Here we go. For distinctive tattoos, Lincoln reportedly checking all arriving migrants for distinctive tattoos, linking them to a new vicious Venezuelan street gang. According to the department, gang tattoos include AK-47 assault rifles, the Nike logo of Michael Jordan, stars, gas masks, stuff like that. It comes as law enforcement sounds the alarm, possible plans to join forces with MS-13. Here its reaction is former Northern Virginia Region uh, Gang Task Force Executive Director Jay Lanham. Uh, That's quite a title. Jay, good morning to you. Good morning. Okay, so, you know, we've been thinking about, you know, with all these migrants, there could be some members of MS-13 in there. Now it turns out uh, the gang is called Trendad Aragua, and apparently what they're doing, they're coming from Venezuela, they're uh, asking the Border Patrol, okay, write us down, we're claiming asylum. And then they're coming to New York where they're trying to recruit other migrants to be part of their criminal enterprise. It's a brilliant business model. Yeah, it's uh, very similar to what MS-13 did years ago. They, they crossed the border. Uh, now they, were, they received temporary protection status through July this past year, so they legally come into the country and they immediately begin recruiting other members from Venezuela to join the gang if they're not already in the country. Yeah, exactly. And you just touched on it. If if they uh, claim asylum, they're in a special category. So I would imagine, you know, if they're arrested locally, like that, that kid who um, I think he was 17 years old, could be older, his age is up for debate, he was involved in beating up the cops, and then a couple days later, he was arrested for robbing a Macy's. He doesn't care. He's got special status in this country. Yeah, correct. Um, it, it's alarming to me, and it should be alarming to everyone, that these gang members are coming into the community because they are here and they're going to commit crimes, whether it be within their own gang or to citizens of New York, such as we've seen. Yeah. Um and it should be scary and alarming to everyone. Well, it is scary. Uh, one National Guard source here in New York said it's to a point, Jay, that they have to post policies on use of force. It's like being in a combat zone with these guys. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is go back to years ago in L.A. when they were having all of the gang turf wars. And, you know, that's that would be one of my concerns. Well, I have two concerns. Number one are they going to begin to have turf wars with MS-13 and other gangs? Or two, are they going to form these alliances to become the alpha dog, if you will? Because right now, 
MS-13 is the alpha dog on the East Coast. Jay, does the White House know about this? I would certainly hope so. Um, I mean, they have control over all of our national intelligence, so yeah. hopefully they would have that information. I don't know how much intel we have on Aragua at this point, because as far as I know, we don't have diplomatic relations with Venezuela, yeah. which obviously means we can't properly vet these people coming across the border because we don't have uh, criminal record backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're looking to see if they've got tat these gang tattoos. Let's see. If this is wild and insane, man. This is insane. All right. People are for, oh, uh, migrants coming in here. Well, um, this is this is what you're going to have to look forward to. All right. You're going to have to look forward to uh, migrants being a part of gangs and taking over your neighborhoods. That's what you're going to have to deal with. Since you love them so much. These people are not vetted. Okay, so you're going to have gangs and have mentally ill, crazy people coming coming across the border, coming into your cities. Chicago uh, <laughs> is basically up for grabs. And Brandon Johnson isn't doing anything about it. Let's see what else is going on. Large group of residents are blocking a bus that's carrying migrants. This is happening on Father Capadano Boulevard and Midland Avenue. New York City residents are now blocking migrant buses from access in the city. In Midland Beach, several police units were called in to respond to the crowds blocking traffic. The buses that arrived overnight at Port Authority, part of a new uptick that had as even those in charge struggling to keep track of how many asylum seekers arrived in the past week. Do you understand that we're in the middle of a surge right now? Let me start with the numbers. Last week, I think, I, my notes say 3,800, but I think it was more like 4,000 people that we got last week, which is kind of insane when you think about what these numbers are. The numbers include 14 buses arriving in one night, a record since the crisis began. 7,200 asylum seekers in the past two weeks and 68,000 migrants currently in city shelters. The city is experiencing a significant... And this is what's going on. Okay, this is what's... New York's, you know, New York City residents are having enough. They've had enough. But once again, okay, voting Democrat constantly, this is the end result. New York City residents have to start protecting themselves now. You can't really trust the cops because they're told they can't really do anything with these migrants unless they commit a really heinous crime. You got to learn to protect each other food, water, resources, going to have to learn to do that. Okay. If you have friends that could help you, you could help them. You're going to have to do that. 
because these migrants, like I said, some of them are gang members. And MS-13 is the most vicious, violent gang ever to come on American shores. And they have done horrible things. So let's talk about climate change and what's, uh, what the Biden administration has to say about that and how it harms black people. Let's get into that right now. fair use by Levine yesterday revealing how black Americans are most impacted by climate change hello I'm Admiral Rachel Levine this black history month I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of Black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Through our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Visit hhs.gov for more information and tune in next Thursday to hear from another HHS leader on how you can contribute to advancing better health for black communities. All right, Jessica, I've always been curious about this claim that climate change is racist because it disproportionately impacts marginalized groups because pollution is more common in low-income inner-city areas or by people who can't afford to move away from pollutants. But isn't that more of a question? My thing is, is with the 15-minute cities, you're going to be cramming people together like sardines. They won't be able to drive a car. You will be telling them uh, what type of clothes to wear because you're not going to be wearing designer brand stuff. And you'll be telling them to eat bugs in their food. You will own nothing and be happy. So you're basically going to give them one ghetto for another ghetto. It's just this one's controlled by the government. Hmm. Question of class disparities as opposed to racial disparities. I think that specific one is a climate change uh, can't be racist, but did racism cause black people disproportionately be impacted, being impacted by climate change? I would say yes. Firstly, you have mostly black Americans being concentrated in the Southeast. That's because that's where there were a lot of plantations and that's where many African Americans were brought to the United States during chattel slavery. And so that's also the area of the United States that's most impacted by dangerous storms. There are studies that show by 2050, it's 17% of black owned homes that will be at risk for storm damage. That's compared to 10% overall for the United States. But even within the greater Southeast United States, you have black residents 1.6% more likely than the average US 
uh, population within the southeast to experience a one in 100 year flooding event. Uh, in the case of Hurricane Katrina, there was 30% of residents there in Louisiana, New Orleans in 2005 that didn't have cars, which made it really difficult for them to flee. But also we see these low-lying areas really susceptible to flooding are predominantly low income, but also predominantly people of color. Uh, in South LA, you also have uh, that being a predominantly uh, people of color neighborhood, and you have three-fifths of the residents not having air conditioning. So there's all kinds of problems. There's the flooding, there's the severe storms, there's the threat of heat stroke. There were studies out of the University of Virginia that- This is basically, all right, people have a choice whether they want, where they want to live, okay? So if you live in the ghetto, your choices are to get an education, get a city job, to get out of, of that situation. So I see this as just plain nonsense when it comes down to it. Okay, get into the article right now. Go. The Biden appointed, uh, appointed Assistant Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services has managed to link climate change to racial disparities in health. In the video posted on X to honor Black History Month, Admiral Richard Rachel Levine highlighted the impact that climate change was having on physical and mental, having on the physical and mental well-being of Black communities, and emphasized the disproportionate effect on Black Americans compared to White Americans. Okay. All right. <clears throat> TGP Levine claimed that Black Americans are more likely to reside in areas with housing conditions that increase their vulnerability to health issues related to climate change. Levine's message did not end well as social media users disagreed with this ridiculous and unfounded claim. African-American media personality Hotep responded to this claim. Okay. What, what, do you buy this, Hotep? Yeah, climate change is racist. I walked out the house the other day and the cloud called me. I think that's but, a first. But I said, I said, jokes on you. I didn't vote for Biden. I ain't black. <laughs> oh. I have no idea. I have no idea how we're going to deal with that one in edit. <laughs> you have to show that. It's the best bakery joke I've ever heard. <laughs> Pretty much. I agree with Hotep Jesus. <laughs> you know, and, and this is the Democratic side. They think for you. They talk for you. You don't say anything. It's shh, shut up, you helpless black person. Okay? We talk for you. We say these things for you. Okay? They won't call you slave out, you know, outright, but that's how they view you. Pretty much, they view you that way. Okay, a tweet from uh, Zexel Fang. My trust in government is zero. A man pretending to be a woman tells me whether 
tells me the weather is more dangerous to Pacific people. That is crazy talk. That is all. <laughs> Woo. That's it, man. I mean, what else can you say? This is nonsense. This is utter nonsense. All right. If you choose to live in the projects where it's rat infested, crime, bullet holes, you got, you know, apartments where you have to worry about getting shot at night and you live there for 10, 20, 30 years, that's not climate change's fault. That's your fault. If you you choose to live in a place where the water's, you know, you can't get clean water, you choose to live in that place, that's not climate change's fault. That's your fault. Whether you're black, Hispanic, white, there are white people in these projects too. Or in these uh, you know, these cities where they have these uh quote unquote toxicity. Moving on. So let's talk about uh Biden wanted to visit uh, Palestine, Ohio. All right, East Palestine. Fair use. For an environmental disaster, on Friday, President Biden visited East Palestine, Ohio, a little more than a year after a train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed in the community. The president blamed the wreck on corporate greed and said it was 100% preventable. Mr. Biden, though, was met with protesters who say his administration was slow to react. The Norfolk Southern train went off the tracks last February. A subsequent fire sent toxic smoke into the air. Norfolk Southern has spent more than a billion dollars in its response to the derailment. But a year later, many in East Palestine say they're still worried about the long-term effects on their health. Here's Roxana Saberi. One year after the train derailed three miles from Linda and Russ Murphy's farm, they believe their well water is still contaminated with chemicals. Did you drink any of this after the train derailment? No. You just don't trust it? No. The Murphys still use the water for cleaning. They say that could be one reason they've developed strange symptoms. You've had yep. diarrhea every day since just after the derailment. Yes, and my doctor, he's, he's told me that they basically nuked your town. I'll constantly rub my eyes because it, it looks like there's a haze. Months after the disaster, a CDC survey found hundreds of residents still reporting symptoms consistent with the health effects of the substances released. Is there still a lot of heavily concentrated contamination here? In the Not country? here. The Environmental Protection Agency's Mark Durno and his team have been overseeing Norfolk Southern's cleanup operation and says sampling indicates there's no danger to the community for now. Then why are there so many people feeling these various symptoms? That's I have watched TikTok videos. Yes, TikTok videos where you people have been making videos about East Palestine and how the water is disgusting looking at the water, you can't drink the water yet that yet you have these uh professionals trying to tell you the water's safe to drink no it's not a hard question to answer but we also recognize that it's a question that needs to be addressed 
we are working with the village to focus on what's needed there. Will Hardin is a senior director at Norfolk Southern. If East Palestine becomes a cancer cluster, what would Norfolk Southern do? Will it still be there to help? From a long-term health standpoint, we are addressing that uh, with the with the state and uh, local authorities. So is it an option that's on the table? It is an option that is on the table. Some residents say they feel just fine and want to move on. We're getting the word out that, you know, we feel like it's safe for people to come here. But others, like the Murphys, say it's too soon. There's carcinogens that have been released that are in our waterways that we breathe in the air. I think we're all going to be statistics. And that's fine if it helps somebody else. She's a brave woman to say that, that they're going to be statistics. And, you know, it's she's fine with that if that's going to help other people. Very, a very brave woman to say that. I don't know what I'd do if I was in that situation. I really don't. All right, just give me one minute. And we're back. How many of you like Cheerios? I was told by somebody that cereal is not breakfast. And I'm starting to realize why. Let's get into it. Fair use. Major food companies in this country and our food safety administrations are trying to kill us. Like they're trying to kill like I I, I see stories like this and I I just am like, I don't know how more people aren't outraged that we live in the wealthiest nation and we tolerate this. So clomeriquat right there is a plant, um, basically it's a chemical they spray on plants. Thank God for this independent group that real that just did testing on people. We all have this in us, could be causing infertility. I mean, I've had three wild miscarriages starting when I was 37. I used to eat oatmeal every single day thinking it was so healthy, even organic oatmeal. You should never eat this crap because even, even some organic is treated, they say in this article, most of it is. And until I found this nutritionist that actually a doctor recommended out here in LA, and then he like completely switched up the way that I eat. I, I don't eat hardly anything processed because unfortunately you can't trust it in this country. They are trying to get us to be on medications 100%. They want us to be fat, sick, and nearly dead. And please, for the love of God, the Biden administration, the EPA, which is useless, 
they they get lobbied and then allow all this crap proposed allowing the first ever use of course of glomeriquat on barley oat try to kill and wheat grown in the u.s oh, of course i bet they'll say yes of course this is what we're dealing with right now we are dealing with depopulation in our faces. But I think this has been said for a long time. I mean, people I've talked to, they have said that, you know, not to eat this stuff that I remember a couple of months ago, they uh, found in a news story, they found out that there was weed killer in some certain brands of cereal. That's what I said. Weed killer. Whopping 80% of Americans who consume popular cereals are being exposed to harmful chemicals that are caused infertility and delays puberty. A study by the Environmental Working Group published in the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Etymology found that four out of five people tested positive for, toxic, for a toxic pesticide called chloramaquat. Just as troubling as we detected, the chemical is 92% of oat-based foods purchased in May of 2023, including Quaker Oats and Cheerios. I love the Cheerios. What's even more concerning is the exposure to the pesticides appeared to be increasing in recent years. While Quamaquat was detected in 69% of the study participants in 2017, that figure has now risen to 90% in the 2023 sample. Since Quamaquat typically leaves the body within 24 hours, such a high concentration of positive tests indicates that Americans are regularly ex being exposed to the pesticide, reports the New York Post. The U.S. federal government allows the highly toxic toxic agricultural chemical which aids the plant's growth and makes harvest easier to be used on oats and other imported grains. The EWG noted that under the Biden administration, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has proposed, yeah, I read that part right there, but that's that's what we're dealing with. So people, like I said, people are just going to have to switch up, learn to grow a garden, okay? You're going to have to learn to do things uh you wouldn't normally want to do. Okay. Some of you don't like to cook. You're going to have to learn to cook. Okay. Going to have to get used to cooking and not the uh, quick way of uh, cereals and, you know, having to deal with that. It's a, it's a crappy way to, um, want to deal with things but hey us americans have been known to be very lazy especially when it comes to our nutrition and that is going to have to change that's about it okay so um here's the last story i'm gonna do all right. Here we go. One second. Yeah. It's an article I'll talk about. Okay. 
you know what? Nah, skip it. Skip it. We're done. So that's about it. Hope you enjoyed the uh, commentary. And uh, see you on the next one. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. All right. And that is about it. Later.